Today we are going to be looking at uh, a version of the Lord's Prayer, the, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, and this is from the Gospel of Luke. So I don't know um, if this is one that you've um, heard a sermon on before, but I just thought it would be kind of fun to look at this one because it's like uh, a little bit different from the prayer that we normally pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer. So you'll notice that there's some things that are missing if you compare it with Matthew's version. But um, from what I've come to understand, this is also an original prayer, so it could be that this was prayed at a different time. And um, and so we, we just um, take it for what it is. And uh, I chose it because uh, I thought the context of it was really interesting. So Luke 11, if you um, want to look at your Bibles, chapter 11 of Luke, starting with verse 1. And the context is that um, Jesus was praying in a certain place. His disciples had been around him, and he was teaching them, and he's in a certain place. We don't know where exactly. And um, it says, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say. And then he gave them these, the words that are to follow, which I'll pick up on a little bit later. So what's beautiful to me about this beginning is that I can just imagine Jesus praying and the disciples, um, though they had been on his prayer team, so to speak, for you know up until now, they'd been watching him um, heal the sick people that came to him. Um, he healed people who were demonized, and you know they participated in in praying for people too, and they they'd witnessed all these amazing miracles. Um, yet when they watch Jesus pray, there's something that draws their attention to him, something they're curious about, and maybe they were talking amongst each other, wondering, you know, what what it looked like to to be praying, and maybe why Jesus needed to pray. If he was God and he was, you know, performing all these amazing signs and wonders, yet he's going to pray to his Father. And that's something that he did on a regular basis. But um, what was he actually saying? And so one of them, we don't know who, it's not told to us who, but I think this opens it up to the fact that it's not important who said it because all of us maybe are encouraged to be this disciple that asks um, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And what that is to me is a prayer. You know, before Jesus, um, in awe and wonder of Jesus, and feeling like I don't have it all. I don't have all the answers, you know, and what it means to have a, a spiritual walk with God the Father. And so just saying, Jesus, teach me. I think this is this is um, the sign of a, of a true disciple is someone who doesn't know everything, but is humble and just asks Jesus, you know, pray, uh, teach us to pray. So um, Jesus jumps right on that. He doesn't say, "What? You know, you've been with me so many, you know, months, and you still don't know how to pray. Haven't you been watching me all along?" And he doesn't say, "Well, actually, you need to read this book." on prayer that I wrote, or he doesn't say, okay, I'm going to take you through this course. It's going to be, you know, a 12-week course on prayer. He gives them this short little prayer, 
It's actually quite amazing that he gives them a prayer that's so short. Um, and I don't think, well, there's a train out there. We're going to just pause for one second here, let it go by. So I'm going to mute you. Mute me. Well, there it goes. All right, that was short. Um, I don't think this prayer is meant to be like a formula. Okay. All right. Get a feeling for what it's like to be here in our church every Sunday at this time. Okay, are you done? Okay, good. Uh, so this is not meant to be like a, a formula. You know, just pray like this and only like this and use these words. I think it's more like, here, here is, um, here's a sample prayer. Um, on the other hand, I think that it's helpful to pray something like this, something that would include um, these elements in some way, you know, on a regular basis. Um, so what's the first, the, what's the beginning? The beginning is the Father. Jesus first says Father. He doesn't say God. You know, it's not like the cosmic God, creator of the entire universe that we feel so far away from and we're just so in awe of you. You know, like God of the wind, God of the sun, God of the planets. Um, it's Father. It's this relational um call out to God as Father, the Father of Jesus, who is also my Father. Jesus invites us to go deeper into knowing the Father. And um, of course, this can be problematic. You know, what if you had a Father who uh, wasn't very nice, or maybe you never knew your Father, uh, maybe you never connected with your Father, or maybe you had a, a good enough Father, but uh, but you, you, you don't have a perfect father because none of us have a perfect father. No matter how good your father was, we, none of us could say we had the perfect father, right? So why does Jesus um, choose to uh, this, this um, name, Father? I think that he wants us to know that we need God the Father to be our father and that he wants to kind of like redeem that name for us, that name Father, which carries a lot of baggage for us, actually. If you're like me, um, you might have a problem calling God Father sometimes. You know, my, my personal relationship with my father is one of a distant guy who's nice enough but never calls me up ever, really, and who doesn't take really any interest in my life but just wants to talk about his interests and has always been quite emotionally distant. So that's my father. I don't know what your father was like, but if I, when I call God father, it's hard for me sometimes because the first thing that comes to my mind is what I know the father to be, um, somebody who's not close. But Jesus wants to change that. Um, the father of Jesus is unlike our earthly father. And he invites us to call that father as holy. Holy means different, even strange, foreign, other. So not, not like the one we know, not like any father we had ever know. He is holy, and his name is, is, the, his name is the essence of who he is. He, is. he is loving, you know, he is other, he is different. So 
that father is the one that we're supposed to pray to. And we pray, your kingdom come. So um, how do we see this in the life of Jesus? Well, Jesus says earlier in Luke, he said, I came um, to preach the good news. And he said, that's why I came. Um, that was the reason why I came, was to preach the good news and to bring the kingdom of God. So um, I can find that scripture for you a little bit later. I had it written down here somewhere. But he said, for this reason I was sent was to, um, was to bring the good news of the kingdom. So that's what it meant for him to make God's kingdom come. And when he sent the disciples out two by two, um, he told them to go into the villages and to receive hospitality at whoever would welcome them in. And uh, whenever they received hospitality, somebody offered to give them a meal, he said, accept that. Accept their hospitality. And after you've eaten with them, uh, pray for the sick and then tell them what? Do you remember what he told them? Tell them the kingdom of God has come near. So Jesus himself demonstrated what this meant for us as disciples to go out and humbly receive hospitality. You know, don't be the one that's giving, giving, giving to everybody, but never receiving anything. Go out as a humble, uh, normal person who has needs and wants to receive, but also wants to give something that maybe these people don't have. So that would be the gift of, you know, praying for the sick and then announcing that the kingdom of God has come near to them at that moment. Uh, then Jesus says, we pray, give us each day our daily bread. Okay, so we know that um, from the, the beginning of the history of the people of God, uh, God showed himself to be a father who actually took interest in the practical needs of his children like a good father would. So when they were in the desert and they had nothing to eat, he gave them manna. He gave them bread, like real something to eat on a daily basis. They couldn't keep it for more than a day because it would turn ransom, but they, they had ransomed, but they would have to um, trust God every day to give them new manna, new fresh bread. It was a kind of a bread. It was, it was a real bread that actually filled their stomachs, but at the same time, it was a spiritual kind of bread too, because uh, it, was, it was about their dependence on him as a father. So give us each day our daily bread. Um, so what does this look like today? Or excuse me, what did it look like for Jesus? Well, we saw that God the Father was all about taking care of his children. And Jesus too came and he fed people real bread. I mean, he multiplied bread that they could eat. At the same time, the people who ate knew that this was not any ordinary bread because he had multiplied it from a couple of loaves, you know, that, that turned into enough to feed, you know, few thousand people, right? So he gave them fresh bread in a, in a kind of a spiritual way, showing that he cared about their practical needs, but he also 
wanted them to really step into that. And at one point, um, when the disciples uh, asked Jesus to to help in providing food for this, these hungry crowds, um, well, actually, they didn't ask. They said, why don't you send these guys home now? Um, they've been here for a while, and now they're they're hungry and we don't have any food and Jesus said you give them something to eat you give them something to eat so Jesus was inviting them into a kind of uh, into a kind of mission that up until now had been only something that he he was doing he was making uh, you know he was he was doing signs and wonders um, he asked them to step into that and give them something to eat and they said no we you know how are we gonna do that and he said okay so he he multiplied the bread and the fish, and he and he allowed them to be able to eat that. Um, so uh, he he wants us to step into his same mission, if if we would come into agreement with that. Um, but what does this look like today for us um, in practical ways? Um, Bob, don't go anywhere because I'm going to have you come up here. All right. Uh, there was the multiplication of the loaves. Um, they went in, uh, you know, when they weren't, were in the boat and they said, oh, we didn't bring anything to eat. Uh, oh, no. And he said, hey, didn't you understand about the loaves and the fish? Basically, he was saying, I'm, you can always depend on me to provide, you know, because here I am with you and I want you to remember that. Well, what does it look like now? Just does Jesus still go around and feed people bread? How does this happen? Um, Bob was just telling me a story this morning about this guy who he talked with, uh, was he from Iran? An Iranian who lives in Scotland. I'll let you, I'll let you hear from him about the story that kind of illustrates what God is up to as a missionary God. Yeah, today I had a, um, an appointment to talk with the, a friend of mine who's a pastor in Belfast who has um, a ministry to Iranians and we're going to start um, a, a series of talks called My Faith in Life. We have it already in Arabic, but we're starting it in Farsi and this guy's going to be our interpreter. So I was just interviewing, getting to know him and um, and I asked him, how did he become a Christian? He's, he'd been in, uh, he left Iran when he was 25, like 15 years ago and came to Belfast as a Muslim. And um, he says, well, dreams. Uh, I said, oh, wow, dreams, okay. Um, well, and he says, many dreams, like 20 dreams. But I said, well, can you tell me, like, what kind of dreams? And he says, well, it's a long, long story, but I'll tell you one dream that was really significant. He said, "In we Iranians, we love bread, not what, uh, not what the Irish call bread, which is just toast, we like bread that is uh, fresh bread, uh, you know, homemade bread. And so in my dream, I was going to find bread, and I went to a bakery. And uh, there were three bakeries, actually, in the corners around my house. And uh, two of the bakeries had long lines. And normally a line would be like 12 to 15 people, but there were like 500 people lining up in front of these two bakeries. But then there was one bakery that was kind of, uh, I hadn't noticed before, that there was nobody there at all. And I went to the front of the bakery. I mean, I went into the bakery, and there uh, was all the stacks of bread, delicious, really fresh bread, ready to sell. And there was a wooden table. 
I came up to the wooden table and sitting at the table was a, a man who had a big beard and he looked ancient um, and strong, you know, um, but he also looked young at the same time. And he had three people to his right, three people to his left. And I asked for some bread and he reached up and found, got me some bread, handed it to me. I paid him. Um, he gave me, he sliced the bread up, put it in a bag, handed it to me. And then he said to me, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come to me. And he, uh, he was shocked, you know, I mean, Muslims know about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, but here was uh, God, you know, um, speaking to him, saying, like the Father, come to me, um, right at this moment when he's buying bread. And, and so he said he, he was moved by that, but then wanted, tried to turn to leave, and he couldn't turn his body the other way. He, there's no way he, he, he couldn't turn around. He, and he said, in Iran, it's rude to actually turn around and walk out. Um, and show someone your backside. And so um, the only way that uh, that he was able to go out of the door was to back up and uh, and leave the door that way uh, in the face of this uh, of this uh, of God the Father. Anyway, and that was one of the dreams that led him to become a believer in Jesus. Not quite ready yet. All right, so um, what a beautiful story about how Jesus uh, shows us that God is a missionary God today, that he is moving in the hearts of people and wants us to be part of that adventure and to be kind of attentive to what, what's up, you know, with, with, with um, the people around us um, and to be expecting that he is moving in the hearts of people that we might not imagine even. So... Um, I think daily bread in this sense is also just, um, you know, give us this day our daily bread. We need Jesus. We need Jesus every day. And the world does too. And when um, Jesus said, give them something to eat, I think he was saying, you know, we, they, they, need, um, they need me, but that's something that I'm handing over to you. I'm handing over to you this um, you know, this task of, of bringing people, um, you know, into my presence and, you know, in, in, in a holistic way, you know, caring about their, their practical needs, but also um, they need me, you know, they need the person of Jesus. And it's, for me, it's really cool that Jesus and the dream of this Iranian guy showed up in the bakery and the guy went away with real bread in his dream. He went away with real bread but he also went away um, connected to Jesus, who says, I am the bread of life, you know. So um, I think we can um, really get uh, a sense of this richness of daily bread when we meditate on the Lord's Prayer here. And finally, um, forgive us our sins as we forgive anyone who is indebted to us. So in praying the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us, um, we connect with the Father. We say that He, only He is the Father that, uh, that is holy, that is other, and that is uh, a Father that we need to know like this. And we, we want to be about His kingdom, not just building our own little kingdom, but 
um, in praying this, we're not telling God to make his kingdom come. His, he'll bring his kingdom about, but he wants us to partner with him. He's inviting us to, as we pray, be the answer to the prayer. So this prayer is really for our own um, benefit first, and then you know, we activate it by stepping into agreement with it by when we pray. We, um, we depend on him for our daily bread, physical bread, you know, our physical needs, and our spiritual bread. And, um, but we can't forget that to be nurtured and to be nourished um, as, a, as a disciple, we need to, um, to get rid of things. We need to help God to get rid of, help us get rid of the things that are actually hurting us, things that we've taken in, resentment, um, bitterness. Uh, those things need to go out. And forgive means to drop. We can't hold um, and nurture um, resentment, you know, as if it's food, because it poisons us. We need to we need to let go of that. We need to give it to God. And as we do that, we ourselves um, can ask God to forgive us of our our sins. Um, we forgive others who have sinned against us in that same way. So um, we ask for forgiveness as in the way that we're giving, generously giving to other people by giving them a gift that they don't deserve, which is our forgiveness. And, um, and the end is, lead us not into temptation. Of course we know that God doesn't tempt us, right? Um, this, the enemy tempts us. But I think this means that we are asking God to help us to not fall into temptation, to lead us away from the enemy who you know, whose 24-7 job is to, you know, to take us away from God, to build our own kingdom, to um, be self-sufficient in getting our own bread and to not needing God and to, to believing lies that the Father's really not uh, for us and not love us. So that's, those are the most dangerous temptations is to not believe that God is a loving Father and to live our own lives as if, um, as if we are the only ones as if we are our own gods in control. So um, I would just like to invite you to pray this prayer with me. It's the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples in Luke 11. Um, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone who is indebted to us and don't lead us into temptation. Amen.